And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus called The Christian Journey. First, Christian Chaos Part 10. Wow. I can't believe I've done this 10 times. Wow. A tale of two cities, a tale of three kings, a tale of four Jews. That's the ticker, and here we go. Four Jewish Christians, all for the same city in Detroit, Michigan, all living in the same neighborhood, two of whom were and still are best friends. All saying yes to Jesus within 30 days of each other and all on fire for Jesus Christ. After that, we were known as the Four Musketeers. Remember, I shared with Pastor Dave all the good and all the bad that this Jewish believer had encountered in the church of Jesus Christ. I can feel the anger rising within. Multiple years of frustration and two plus two not equaling four were catching up with me and numbers don't lie. Only people who use numbers lie. So where is God in the process? After all, he promised never to leave me nor forsake me. And if there were a case to be made, I thought I could make it. Well, I could not have been any more blind than I was. How? He wasn't far from me. Can you relate to that? So now comes the time when hardly any Christian shares this out loud. Can I say this? This is going to be something you've never heard us do in this show. With the Holy Spirit pouring out all this stuff in me and the Holy Spirit doing all this fantastic work and you being redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ and being called, elected, for, you know, predestined to be in connection to the Father, what does all that mean? After a counseling session or a great sermon or a moment where we are challenged by the Lord for growth, we go through something which I call as an unspoken processing time. We take this information and try to make it our own. But how do we do that? This can help us see that this partnership with God has a fresh element that's just right now being added to it. Whoa. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities. And oy vey, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? You can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemusincrease.org. Now, hold on. I'm going to check my email real quick just to make sure. Yep, it's right there. It's working. Okay. Uh, Also, you can text me, 214-210-8483. People do that throughout the show, and we love it. That's 214-210-8483. Well, we love most texts. Let me just say that. (laughs) 
And then you can also call us live during the show, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that call, you'll end up talking to Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a Dynamite. Dynamite! Talking to Dynamite D, that's like talking to a person you enjoy talking to, and they call you. And you're like, cool, man. That's always a blessing. Yeah. That's what it is to talk to you, brother. It's like a blessing for people. There you go. I want a dollar fifty. Uh, was it I thought you was going to go up to about three or four. Since you know what? I, I'm going to change it. I'm going to go uh, about three fifty. Let me push. About three fifty. Okay. <laughs> Anybody can remember that joke. Uh, you are you are well uh, entertained. Bottom line is maybe you've got a uh, a prayer request, a praise report. Maybe you've got something you want to share. Maybe something going on. Maybe you've got something you need other people to join with you and just attack it in prayer. Maybe you've got something that's so cool and you just want to share it because you just want to be a blessing to other people. You know, I had a chance to talk to Rosalind uh, the other day. I think it was yesterday, and she was sharing. And I told her, I said, her testimony was a blessing for people. It blesses people to hear that. That's why we encourage you. If you don't feel comfortable doing it on the radio, go to the website, put it on the website, put a praise report. We'll share it. We'll take care of it for you. But that's the kind of thing that's a blessing. In, a, in addition to all of that, we do uh, something else. We do trivia. So I'm going to give you the trivia question. Get ready. Here we go. Ready? Who was the judge? So this is one of the judges in the book of Judges who took a Nazarite vow from birth and fought against the Philistines. Who was that guy? Easy peasy. Easy peasy. That's why it's there. If you think you know the answer, reach out to us, by the way. We'll be glad to uh, give you that opportunity. 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. In the last trivia question, Abraham and Ginny... Both got it at the same time, so they both get the pow-pows, which is really cool. But I will say that Abraham said something very funny. He said, he killed a lion and a bear. That's pretty tough for a shepherd. <laughs> like, well, that's a good point, isn't it? Great point. So I just want to give him props for that. That's great. Again, the trivia question, who was the judge who took a Nazarite vow? Nazarite vow from birth and fought against the Philistines, Okay. All you got to do is think of this. <laughs> this is the best hint. It is the first two-thirds of a name of luggage. <laughs> See, now D is like going, what? Famous luggage commercial. Famous luggage commercial. <laughs> that is a throwback to the old days. If you think you know the answer, reach out. And let us know. That's a classic right there. Our number, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at org. So the other things that I want to remind you of, very uh, good. Good job, Deb. Very uh, important to understand the ministry is moving forward and making progressive steps and expanding. And if you don't think I need prayer, you've done lost your mind. So I need, I need prayer. 
I'm t- I talked to Noel yesterday. I'm like, uh-oh. I'm starting to think like I either need help or I need help, you know, or I need help. What do you think? It's Just crazy. faith. Live by faith, man. It, it, literally by faith. We're going to take our foot and put it all over the boat. Yeah. Believe yeah. the water will be there and we will walk to Jesus. And our, our listeners will continue to pray for us. I believe it. Yep. Um, and I and I think it's uh, uh, pretty cool. It's exciting. And then the other thing I do want to remind you about, uh, uh, again, if you do have prayer requests or something going on, don't hesitate to reach out. You need people. You know, uh, Dynamite D said something really important yesterday. We were talking uh, off air because we talk off air sometimes. And uh, the the reality that you try to do your Christian walk without other Christians is not a reality. You can't love one another if you don't have an, a one another in there. So you can't even fulfill the commands of Christ. So there you go. All right, All right let me back it up because we are doing uh, Christian Chaos Part 10. And I'm, so I'm going to tell you right now that uh, this is not set up or coordinated. This is all <laughs> it comes as it kind of comes out kind of mentality. But if you'll remember the last time we discussed this, we talked about the fact that I had shared my pain with the pastor, uh, Pastor Dave, and uh, just shared all the stuff that was going on. And then he, you know, expressed God's reply to me uh, that God, you know, so when he started crying, it was like, this is how the Lord feels for you. And of course, you think about Jesus wept. And you think about God being grieved. There's a passage in Isaiah that talks about God being grieved because his people are grieved. Uh, it's all connected. We understand that God shares that, and it gives us an insight that God has never failed us. So with that, there's something to be said right there, and he, this is why. Because when you go through something, you can't quite figure it all out. Now, keep in mind, this is testimony time, so it's not expository teaching, which, by the way, we're teaching eight books now. But in this testimony time, what I'm sharing with you is God had demonstrated through other another believer that he had not abandoned me the way that I felt like I was abandoned. And I felt that abandonment. The problem there is the same thing that I have this conversation with my son more than one time in his journey on the earth. And the problem is you can't let your feelings be the lead train on your track. Because your feelings should not be denied, should not be stuffed somewhere where they don't exist, but they are not supposed to be the, the, the forward piece in your life. And the reason is this, simply this, and we've said it several, several times. You and I can go out to have a wonderful meal, and we can have just a wonderful, uh, fantastic rib, lobster, steak, chicken, shrimp dinner, and all the pie in the world. And then when you're done, you feel so stuffed, you think, I need a forklift to get me out of this chair. And you're not feeling the love of God. But the love of God is still there. It still exists. It hasn't moved. There's no change in it whatsoever. Your feelings are just responding to your scenario. Okay, great. So when I have figured out, oh, dumb Dave. Dave was thinking God had abandoned me. He had not abandoned me, but he had shared my pain, and he had never abandoned me. Now what? Now, how do you, what do you do? So when the Lord gives you something, so let's say you're sitting in a church and the pastor preaches a message and you're just like, wow, right? Saying wow is fantastic. And then if you walk out and never do anything with the wow, it did nothing. 
saying wow and then recognizing I've got to process it. I've got to put this to use. It's the same thing that when you're reading the scripture and the scripture jumps off the page and speaks to you. God didn't do that so you could see that he could jump something off the page. He did that so you could respond. You could take what he's sharing and ingrain it into your life, make it a part of how you move and function and think. So the question that I was faced with was, how do I process? What do I do with this? When you get a great truth, a great sermon, when the Lord shows you something, when you have that moment where the Lord gives you something and the light bulb goes off, we call that illumination versus revelation. Revelation is more of the scripture. Illumination is the understanding of it. So when the light bulb goes off, what do you do? How do you process? That's what we're going to be discussing, and we're going to uh, deal with straight on and forward when we get back. But in the meantime, i got to answer the trivia question, which is, who was the judge who took a Nazarite vow from birth and fought against the Philistines? And here was your hint. It is two-thirds of the name of a very famous luggage company. The answer is, ready? Samson! And the luggage company was Samsonite. I have no idea. I know. He's just looking at me. Don't you guys remember the Samsonite commercial where the guy take it and the, the animal's throwing the, the, the Samsonite briefcase all over the place and smashing it and nothing happens to it? Samsonite. You guys don't remember that? Don't talk to me. What was that, the 70s or 80s? Don't talk to me. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. All right, folks, uh, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at 1,000 miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then the show starts, and you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. My next guest has been on the show before with a prior book. I'm very excited to talk to him about this book. I've seen a couple of the interviews that he's done, and this book is a great apologetic book on Christology, and I'm hoping that people will really enjoy this. First and foremost, let's welcome back to our show David Lima. David, how are you doing, sir? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Excellent book, by the way. Big props. We're writing Thank the true you. Jesus, uncovering the divinity of Christ in the Gospels. I I know they give me a list, and I know you know they give a list for us to ask questions. But uh, if you remember from the last time you were on the show, I I rarely look at that list. <laughs> so just, no, that's good. That's yeah, because I like to get from from you as the author, you know, kind of where it was going and what you were thinking. So let's just talk about at the core level, you know, for the purpose of writing this book, what was the big goal you were trying to accomplish in writing the true Jesus? Well, I started out, I wanted to write a, a, a primer, a survey, an introduction to the New Testament. And as I got into it, I realized that I could not cover it adequately with sufficient depth. So I asked the publisher 
Regner, if I could narrow the focus to just the Gospels, uh, because the Gospels are where you see the living Son of God and you encounter Him, uh, and you, you sit at His feet and, and hear His teachings and you watch Him uh, and you observe His behavior and His authoritative teaching and His empathy for human beings, and you see His declaration of divinity uh, and why he, uh, he, he led the, the Jewish authorities to want to crucify Him because He was, in fact, claiming to be God because he is God. And so I want his divinity and his full humanity to, to jump off the pages uh, in, of my book. And it, the book is a, is a compendium of the four Gospels in a consolidated account, not attempting to be a harmony, which uh, you can't totally do, uh, and, and in a roughly chronological form. The ultimate goal, and with, with a running commentary, the ultimate goal is I want people, I want to inspire people to read the Gospels and the Bible for themselves. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAA Man 770, the truth station here in Texas, getting ready for our next trivia question, which you will get a better hint for, but perhaps not for Dynamite D. How many times does the Bible describe Jesus spitting for healing? Is it one, two, or three? The answer is the same answer as it takes licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. There you go. Well, that is just genius. And you guys who are listening, you know it's genius. You just had to go, oh, that's good. He's <laughs> just looking like, I have no now idea. Now I do know that. what that is. Okay, that's a good one then. <laughs> okay. How many times does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Come on. How many times did Jesus, Jesus described spitting for healing? You know, people say, oh, uh, Jesus should spit at you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at he must increase dot org. Before we go on, I do have jokes. They are uh, five very, 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 very short jokes. Is that a great way to tell you that? All right, good. All right. All right, ready? They're short, so you got to get ready. So if I, if when, when I pause, that's it. Okay, here we go. Uh, what was it that Adam never possessed but gave two, but gave two of to his parents? What is it that Adam never possessed but gave two of, I'm sorry, to his children? What is it that Adam never possessed but gave two of to his children? Parents. See, never had parents. See, that's it. That didn't work very okay. <laughs> That was a really good one. That was not bad. Listen, now I'm going to tell one that's going to be offensive, but too bad. So just get over it, okay? That's what I'm going to tell you right now. This is not that one. Uh, a minister was sharing a rail compartment with a man, the worst for drinking, and who, in, who insisted on talking. And so the minister said, please don't speak to me. He said, you're drunk. Drunk, replied the man. You're worse than me. You got your collar on back to front. See, because <laughs> okay. I probably deserve that. 
right, that's fine. Now, listen to this. This is this is. So if you know what an Anglican church is, you will say something in the Anglican church, and they always respond, and also with you. May the Lord bless you. And also with you. May his face shine upon you. And also with you. So understanding that. Okay, an Anglican priest was about to deliver a sermon. Approaching the microphone on the pulpit, he tapped it and said, you know, there's something wrong with this mic. And the response came, and also with you. No! <laughs> That's hilarious. And then, all right, we'll just do the last one. I won't do this one, other one. Uh, where is the first mention of insurance in the Bible? Where is the first mention of insurance in the Bible? When Adam and Eve needed more coverage. Holy Jesus. What is that? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Those were not that bad, right? Come on, they weren't that bad. All right. Uh, how many times does the Bible describe Jesus spitting for healing? That is the question. One, two, or three. It is the same answers as it takes licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop. There you go. Let's go back. Uh, oh, yeah. 972-445-0770-214-210-8483 or david at hemustincrease.org. Let's go back to the text. Now, part of this text is really important for you to understand. I have come to this conclusion after Pastor David shared with me, and I realized that God— is never abandoned me. He's never failed me. And I still had to get up out of my chair. Of course, he prayed for me, but I'm saying he had to get up out of my chair and then leave and get back in my car and drive home. So what happens for all of us is we go through this processing time where you get in there, something happens, you hear a word, you have something take place. And God is introducing something into our lives. He's trying to activate something into our lives. So when you're going through this process where the Lord teaches you something, or he instructs you on something, or he gives you insight, he's not looking for you to turn around and take that thing and be perfect. Stop doing that. He's, he's, I mean, that's not how it's going. What he wants you to do is activate it. Turn it on. Make it a part of your living and make it a part of your life. And you probably won't do it perfectly. In fact, you'll ultimately find out that several trials and several of your growing character elements have to do with the reinforcement of those things, like understanding the power of patience and understanding the power of wisdom and understanding the power of faith. You grow in those things. So what we need to do to to once these things are introduced into our lives uh, is is to activate them, to turn them on. And here is how you do that. I'm just going to give you the most simple thing in the world. You're just going to go, oh, it just can't be that simple. It is. Ready? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what you, you can't do. You didn't get this far without him. You're not going to get farther without him. You have to do this through Jesus. You have to have the same thing you've been told you have to have a thousand times, only this time you have more understanding because you realize that your big, big, big trial in life is still a part of his plan and his kingdom. And you can only move forward fixed on Jesus. You know, it's like one of the things that we do is we go through something and, man, oh, man, we hang on to it. Now, I'm going to say something I'd be really careful because I'm not going to say who this is. But I have somebody in my circle that still hangs on to 40 years ago. It's 40 years ago. I mean, come on. 
on. There's, there's like a, it's, a, it's, it's a full generation. The entire tribe of Israel distinguished out of the desert in that amount of time. Give me a break. And we hang on to those things because we have not activated the truths that God has brought to us. And so because we haven't activated those truths and keep our focus on Jesus and recognize that all that takes place is a part of his master plan, because we haven't done that, because people haven't done that, they don't move forward and they get stuck. Hey, have you been hurt in a church? Me too. Have you been hurt in relationships? Me too. Have you been hurt by family? Me too. Have you been hurt in business business elements? Me too. Guess what? Everybody has. That's the most amazing thing about what Jesus did is he never said, if people offend you, you know, forgive them. He never said that. He said, when people offend you, not if. There was no if there. <laughs> it was When that happens, forgive them. <laughs> you see how that? Why? Because that's how people are. And so walking with Jesus in this process, you understand focusing on Jesus and getting past that it's just people that, that have created this problem. You've got to walk this walk hand in hand with the Lord. Does that mean you put yourself in the same position as before? No, unless the Lord specifically tells you to. I don't think so. But you can't move forward if you just keep looking back and are entranced by what you've gone through. God is introducing something new in your life, and it could be, even for all the stuff I went through, it could be as simple as, I have, I have never failed you, I will never fail you. And you would think, well, that's a basic. Yeah, but after you live as a Christian for a certain amount of years, you forget the power that that presents to us. We skip it. We go, we can we can only watch this. We can only move forward through these things with God. Because if we don't move forward with these things with God, we didn't learn anything. And by the way, that's the exact that's the exact principle of the children of Israel being in the desert. It's like, oh, you guys blew this. You blew it. All right, now we're going to a promised land. So let's focus this way on the promised land. Don't forget what you did over there, but don't do it again. Go forward. Here we go. With a vision in the Lord, to obey the Lord, to honor the Lord, to bless the Lord. Again, you've been hurt? Me too. Congratulations. Welcome to humanity. Or wait, let me say that differently. Congratulations. Welcome to sinful humanity. Where's the redemption? In Christ. That's where the redemption is. But I don't understand. Yeah, get in line. It's like the nicest thing I can say to people sometimes. Like, I don't get it. Me neither. <laughs> you know, we get up there. We'll, what, what did I say the second longest line in heaven is going to be? First line, Jesus. Okay. Second line, Job. I don't care. And Job's line is going to be huge. Uh, let me get this straight. Yeah, you, you lost your boys. You lost your girls. You lost everything you ever had. You had all this stuff. <laughs> it was, and you didn't, you didn't have the total breakdown. I complained quite a bit, but you know he didn't charge God falsely. His sin was he justified himself. That'd be nice if some of us would stop doing that, and that we would justify God because he's trustworthy. Ouch! <laughs> Is that not a big ouch? Okay. Uh, how many times in the Bible does the Bible describe Jesus spitting for healing? 
answer is three. For those who do not know, it takes three licks of a Tootsie Roll Pop to get to the center. That's why we went with three. We'll take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. Then they complained to Moses against Moses and Aaron, and they said it had been better for us to die in Egypt or even here in the wilderness. Their theory in that thought process is they're thinking it'd be better for us if we just died in the wilderness or back in Egypt where we know where things were at as opposed to going to a new land and being consumed by these big people. This is a terrible idea. There's some commentators that believe that their complaining really has to do with they, they thought it would be better to die over time in the wilderness or over time in Egypt versus going to the land and being immediately killed by these big people. And they were bumming. And look what they said. Wouldn't it be better to go back to Egypt? How quick we forget what the bondage is once you're out. Oh, how quickly do you forget the bondages that God brought you through once you're away from it? I don't remember being that bad. The David Spoon Experience on 770 KAAM. The Christian faith is being attacked. 50 years ago, people would disagree with Christianity, but with a sense of respect. Those days are over. The rage, the flesh, the enemy, and the atmosphere of sin is growing and growing. Jesus said in Matthew 24, the love of many will grow cold. And if it's not the end now, it's certainly a lot closer than it was yesterday. You may be from a Baptist background. David Spoon has that. You may have a Pentecostal background. He has that too. You may have a non-denominational background. Yep, he's got that as well. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience.
Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready for our next trivia question. It's a good one. How did Moses' mother save him from the Egyptian soldiers? What did she do to save Moses' life? What did she do to save Moses' life? If you think you know, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. I want to send you up to the website because we always do this at this particular time. Uh, we do have somebody calling in, so we'll give them a chance to get on the phone, so to speak. But we send you up to the website for website for a couple of different reasons. Of course, there's uh, the praise reports and the prayer requests. Additionally, there's some new material up there, and uh, that's pretty important. The ambassador's information is there, and I have gotten the ambassador information to Aunt Deb. I've made the step. Praise the Lord. And then finally, there's an opportunity to give through the site, by the site, or around the site. Gives you the info on how to do it. Please check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. I, you know why I love that one? Because when we do our fourth clue, I've got like four things to pull out of there. That's so great. I love it. Perfect. Yep. Yep. Uh, not self-serving at all. Very anti-government. <laughs> oh, relax. People get so uptight about things. It's like, you, you really? Really? That's what you're concerned about? If that's your biggest problem, you're doing good. Uh, okay. Somebody's ready to answer a trivia question. Let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you today? I'm doing good, Gary. How are you feeling? You feeling good? Okay, I'm doing all right. All right, it's an all right day, not a good day. So we got to keep praying for you. All right, my brother, here we go. How did Moses' mom save him from the Egyptian order of getting rid of the kids? Well, she put him in the little bulrush, the boat, and let him sail out, sail away. That's I love love that you had let him sail away. (laughs) That's a great answer. Yes, sir. Get him out of uh, danger. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you think she she puts him in this little basket, right? It's not like it had a little sail on it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, look, there's a rudder. No, no. This is just uh, in the water, sail away. God bless you. I hope this works out good. Right? And they did. It was exactly right. Excellent job, bro. Hey, let me pray for you real quick because I love praying for you, okay? Okay. Father, we come before you lift up our brother, plus all the other people, Lord, Rosalind and, and just the people, Deborah, and all the people that are hurting in our group. And we are just asking you that you would just touch them. The people I haven't mentioned, you would touch them physically and put your energy, your power into their bodies that they might feel the fullness of life through you. And that that would be so redeeming and such a great testimony. We love our brother. We ask you to bless him and encourage him. We pray in Jesus' name. 
Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you very much, and I'll continue to pray for all of you. Thank you, bro. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to have to remember that one line, though, that Gary just gave me, so i got to think about that. He put him in the water, sail away. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Come sail away. Come sail away. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, we're going to do history in the next uh, segment, not in this segment, because I want to talk about something that's really important, and I'm going to uh, try and just be, I don't know, just to be myself is all I can do in this. None of this stuff, by the way, is pre-planned. It's just like I have these one little word liners, and it either happens or it don't. So uh, after all of this stuff took place, you know, me recognizing and processing, you know what, God God is trying to teach me something, and one of the main things he taught me in this process is he never failed me. He never, he never did that. When King David, before he was king, was under Saul, there was a lot of questionable things that Saul did towards him. God never failed David. David was in seminary. He was in the, I don't want you to be like Saul as a king school. So he let him go through it so he could, I love this phrase, he could beat the Saul out of him. And sometimes the Lord lets us go through things so that he can beat that out of us. And others, so we go through and go, I'll never do that. Never going to be. I never. That is the wrong direction. You know, under Ken, the, the pastor was so, he was so controlling. And he, I know you guys are thinking, oh, no, 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 no. He was so controlling that every life decision had to be approved. That there was physical threats and intimidations if you didn't respond. It's like that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of weird stuff. The reason that I bring that up is not to to, to say anything but, hey, God doesn't want me to be like that. And so he shows me the ugliness of it. And so I, I won't I wouldn't. When people depart from departed from our church. Um, whether they departed, you know, however, whatever the case may be, or from whatever ministry. So let me expand that into whatever ministry, radio or whatever the case may be. You know what we do? We bless them. We never, ever, if somebody goes, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. God bless you. Yeah, I don't like your show. God bless you. Because that's the spirit that Jesus wants us to operate in. Not go Take a long walk off a short pier. You know, it's like you shouldn't. That's not the right. Thing. So what was amazing is that Pastor David, who listened and expressed it, definitely led by the Holy Spirit. I mean, he's not perfect. Like nobody's perfect, but he had a couple of great insights. And one of those things is he recognized that the Lord was working on me, creating fresh opportunity for me to move forward again. So he asked me, being led, I think, by the Holy Spirit. He asked me to speak at his church on a Sunday night. Now, just just <laughs> take this all the way back to Gunnison, where the guy said, you will speak again for the Lord, all the way to this point. Just put those two points together on a map, because God certainly did. And it's like, you will speak again. This is what that pastor who never met me said. And here is Pastor David saying, I want you to speak for us. And so it was, it was the Holy Spirit, I think, that moved on him. Now, I, I, I will say a couple of things. What a great man of God in the comfortableness that he would be willing to share his pulpit, so to speak, 
the opportunity to speak. Uh, Rosalind goes to uh, Murphy Road Baptist Church in, in Texas. It looks like, as everything I can tell, I'll be speaking there in the month of July. Uh, and that's a pastor that's, you know, needs somebody to fill in the time. I'm glad to do it. I've done it, you know, multiple times. That's a great spirit, not trying to control everything and own everything. Look, the first thing I'll say when I get up and speak at that church is, if I say anything contrary to your pastor, listen to your pastor. I'm not going to say that for any other reason than that people put them at ease. Just like, relax. I'm not here to take over a church. I'm here to just share from the Lord. And so the Holy Spirit knows which opportunities need to be opened up. And we need to be aware that the Lord will open opportunities for us to go into ministry and to do ministry. And you know what? Um, I just love this. I love this. This is in the, the book that I wrote, uh, Broken for His Glory, which is free if you need it. The first message I ever preached in my life was Romans 1.16. The first comeback message I ever preached when I preached at David's uh, church, Pastor David's church, Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, to the Jew first and also to the Greek or to the Gentile, either way. Gentile's more fun because we make funnier jokes with Gentile. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line to that process is that I, the Lord had—it was restoration. It was redemption in the sense that he brought me back up. He lifted me back up to this place that I had felt like I had fallen away from. Ironically, I really hadn't fallen away. He was just really pulling the wool over—pulling the, the, the blinders off my eyes. After the message, somebody came up and said, uh, Pastor Dave, I'd like you to pray for me. I got this situation. It was almost like there was a restoration in my mind of the grace of God for the things that he called me to. Since then, I went on to plant multiple churches, do multiple ministries. But these are all things that led up to it. And when the Lord has brought you through one of the toughest things in your life or the toughest thing in your life, that doesn't mean you're done. You're done when the trumpet blows corporately or when it blows for you individually. Until that time, continue to be aware that there might be opportunities of a different sort. Might not be the same. Might be the same. I don't know. That's not for me to speak. God is God. Let him be in charge. And he knows what ministry for you to go into or do. And there's some ministry because it's the scripture makes it clear in Ephesians. As each part does its work, it could simply be you praying for people. That is not a small thing, asking the God of the universe to change directions or things on the sake, for the sake of other people. Stop thinking it is insignificant. There's nothing insignificant when it's kingdom-related, including you when it's kingdom-related. Get it? All right. Take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Anyway, that's not even the story. Let me tell you the story because it's so big, I cut the first third yesterday. And uh, that's the front of the house. And the back two-thirds I'll do today, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever that is. But it looks really good. All right? That's, so that's cool. Anyhow, there's uh, – so I'm cleaning it all up, and I've got the little electric weed eater and the little blower. <laughs> They're working. It works great. Everything's working great. 
and I have a stick. Now, this stick was there when we moved into the house, and it was a stick that went with a broken rake. And I don't know why uh, my wife and I have kept it in the garage for like 17 months. But I thought, this is ridiculous. I got to get rid of this stick. So I looked at the stick, and I thought, I could high karate this because it wouldn't fit in the trash can. Right? A little too long. You put it in the trash can, even on an angle, the trash can's sitting up about four inches, and you know it was windy yesterday. So if I did that, it'd catch the wind, and you know. So I thought, nah, I can high karate this. I'm strong enough. And then I thought, this is the kind of thing where pride really gets in the way. I got to be careful. So I did what any other guy would do. I took my two trash cans. I put the stick in between the two trash cans. I took a saw, and I cut the saw half. I used the saw and cut the stick halfway through. So now I'm going to high karate this bad boy and feel good about it. Yeah, no pride here, right? How long do I got? Like a minute, two minutes? Perfect, two minutes. Watch this. So I cut it perfectly in half. I get my arm, my forearm, my elbow, and I go, hi-ya, and I high karate that bad boy. One part of the two-part sticks, okay, which is like kind of like a broom handle, hits the top of the trash can where it was sitting, kind of bounced on it, came up, and hit me right in the forehead. Bam! <laughs> I was really feeling pride right up until it hit me in the head. And then I realized, one, I couldn't have done it without the saw. And two, even with the saw, apparently I couldn't have done it <laughs> because the stick hit me back. I don't think that was very nice of it. And I will say it did end up in the trash and it went bye-bye. Oh, welcome back. To the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. This is a last trivia question. You guys ought to get this, okay? What food do we ask God to give us in the Lord's Prayer? Okay, so use Matthew 6 and the Lord's Prayer. What's the food? Is it, you know, give us enchiladas? What is it? What is it? If you think you know, let me know. 972-445-0770. You can also, or let me do that. You can also text in 214-210-8483. Additionally, you can send an email, david at he must increase.org. What was the food? that we were supposed to pray for when in the Lord's Prayer. What did he say we should be praying for? What food do we ask God to give us in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6? And again, I'm going to say it one more time, not enchiladas. Not that enchiladas are bad. It's just not what's in the prayer. Got it? In the meantime, we'll do our history. So let's do history. All right, a couple of interesting ones here. Uh, National Peanut Lovers Day. I like peanuts. I like peanut butter. I like peanuts. Love them. Love them, Double right? yum. Okay, loving that. We're on the same page. 
National Celery Month. Uh, has to be with ranch. <laughs> yeah, and that's only so you can have something to eat the ranch with. I mean, and it probably good. defeats the purpose <laughs> of the vegetable. <laughs> probably. Uh, okay. Uh, night and watch this. Fourteen ninety three. Christopher Columbus returned to Spain after his first trip to the Americas. See, most people know fourteen ninety two. Uh, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Well, this is fourteen ninety three. Went home. <laughs> Year later, nineteen fifty six. The Broadway musical My Fair Lady opened up in New York City. 1998, Titanic becomes the number one uh, box office movie ever, but you got to keep in mind that's 25 years ago, so that's important. And then uh, we have this little ditty, which I think is kind of cute. Let's see if you can follow along on this. What did the Tin Man say when he got rolled over by a steamroller? I have no idea. Rat, foiled again. Foiled <laughs> Well, that's not bad. All right, here we go. Somebody ready to answer the triv question? Yes, send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? It's Brother Roger again. Hey, bro- Brother Roger. <laughs> hey, Roger again? How are you, Roger? Do you go around signing signing your name, Roger, again? <laughs> I love it. You just love it, don't you? That's like, yeah, I just, you know, at first you thought, I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a classic. All right. Classic question. Not complex. Uh, yeah. No. What food did we ask God I to get? I recited this all my life as a kid. I ought to know it, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Especially if you like the wonder kind. What food do we ask God to give us in the Lord's Prayer? <laughs> It's bread, David. That is correct, <laughs> You are so right, my friend. It's bread. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of things you can come up with, but when I was in Detroit, downtown Detroit, before it became just completely useless to go there, uh, then uh, there was this place called the Chop House, and right next to the Chop House was the Wonder Bread Factory. And you would right. walk into the Chop House and be like, all you could do is smell the bread. You'd be like, oh, yeah. Right. That's so good. I love it. Love good bread. <laughs> there's a little story about my grandfather. He's talked about a steamroller. Well, he got run over by a... Uh, rolling that rolled tire and he got run over and he was paralyzed the rest of his life by that over but he was a christian man and he said faith without works is dead and he worked out of the wheelchair all all of his life wow. after that happened that's it on a farm he, he built little planks to the barn and rolled his wheelchair to the barn, got up on, with his hands on the, uh, at the time, it was a team of mules, so he got out up there and put the stuff on the mules and everything and did farm work. Good Christian man, I blame him for my dyslexia because he used to write, uh, read the German Bible to me while I was on his knee. And he would interpret in in English, and so I I got messed up on reading. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't learn how to read until I was thirty three, and that was after Jesus. So. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's from a generation where 
where uh, entitlement didn't exist. You know, not not that right. one. He was from a generation that said, "Go to work." Yeah, right? they, they didn't. They didn't even have the Social Security uh, yet. Yeah, in the, wow. When he, that happened, he, you know. Wow. And that. Oh, well, later down the road they got it, but I mean, you know, just it was it was just a good experience for me that I seen that with my own eyes, and you know, I had it when. I think I was like 12 or 13, and I was riding my uh, bicycle home, and my dad was standing at the back of the door, and I said, I'll bet my grandpa passed away, and he did. (laughs) He had passed away. So, I mean, I had the connection. God prepared me back then, even when I wasn't born again, so to speak, you know. that, what's awesome is that you, you know, the, the impact he had on you, though. I mean, that's just good. Yeah. That's just a great, great, great thing. That should remind everybody what kind of impact we have on our family, right? Yeah. You know, I have a, I, I happen to have his eulogy written down, and it, everything indicates that he was a spirit-filled man. And I just, it was just, you know... Uh, well, you'll see, uh, you'll see him when you get there. Oh, yeah. I know that. That's good. Good news. I, I, I was gonna see a, I'm going to see a lot of people that I don't think is going to be there. <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> and some don't be there that you thought would be there, so be aware of that, too. <laughs> right. Well, I probably, won't, I probably won't know the difference because I, I think God erases that stuff from your mind if you have a loved one that doesn't make it he might not bring it back to your remembrance yeah we're gonna we're gonna find out that's for sure i just want the trumpet to blow so i can find out all right great job brother excellent job excellent call all right well i just wanted to let you know that i'm still listening i can't listen as much because and i try the podcast it's just not the same as hearing you live but it's okay I, I recommend the podcast if you can't get you live, but it's okay. I, I sit at my lunch and do about forty-five minutes of you, and it's a it's a good time during my lunch. It keeps me away from the worldly channels. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. God bless right. you, brother. God bless you all. Take care. And, and your your sidekick's doing a great job. Yes, he is. So, <laughs> thank God for him. We'll see you later. All right. God bless you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. See see how we are. This is how we are. Brother Roger again. <laughs> the worst part about it is we give people names. <laughs> I kind of like that one though. Yeah, I know, fits. but there's something weird about that. <laughs> I don't know. It's maybe it's just me. Anyway, all right. So let's go back to this last little bit, and the last little bit has to do with understanding that now, because we only have about a minute and a half left. I just want to make sure you understand now. Having gone through, recognize you've gone through a tough experience, a bad experience, whatever the case may be. None of that happened because God was deficient. God has never been deficient for you. The real question is, are you still willing to step up? If the Lord says, who, you know, who will go? Who shall I send? Are you willing to say, send me? 
If the Lord wants you to speak, will you speak for him? If the Lord wants you to minister in some capacity, will you do it for him? Will you do whatever it is the Lord wants you to do? I understand, like we said, if you've been hurt, I get it. I'm, I'm with you. I've gone through that process. But what I'm trying to say to you is you're not done until he's done, and he'll let you know when you're done, and that's right about the time that the trumpet blows for you. So until all that's going to happen, there's no point in trying to do the artful dodge or anything else. Be willing to speak, to share, to pray, to minister to others. You are still, listen to what I'm going to say, you are still, even going through a tough experience, even if you helped cause the tough experience, you are still, as a child of God, a minister of the kingdom of God. Don't forget that. And God is with you. And if he's with you, you can do anything that he puts before you. So don't let pain or disappointment bring you to a close. Let it bring you to a new open. Get it? All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22 and a half hour break. Then we'll come back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM. DJRD Broadcasting or its sponsors.